0: Uh, I'm going to get into the, kind of like the the smallest part of the, kind of the, ser- or the sermon series. If we can go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Everybody say, give thanks. Joseph Boni, I'm the youth director here. If you're watching online, we'd rather have you here, but... Still, thank you. Right? We meet every what? We have a camera up there if you're wondering. So I have to say that just in case people tune in and they're like, who is this guy? Because I didn't do that. And then people are like, man, who is he? And So if I introduce myself, that makes it simple, right? But how many of you remember last week? What did we learn last week? Anybody remember? Anybody remember? What did we learn last week? Go ahead, bro. Shout it out. The Last Supper, right? The Lord's Supper. That's good. We learn about the Lord's Supper and how that is like the Passover, how, you know, God set the Israelites free from Egypt, how they had to sacrifice a lamb, they had to put blood on the door so the death would pass over and they'd be set free. We learned about that, how Jesus now, he is the new Passover lamb. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. This is now in in, uh, the time of the Last Supper, Right. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take it and eat it. It is my body. Everybody say, and he had given thanks. Say it like that. He had given thanks. Can you guys say that? Make it simple. Everybody say, give thanks. That's important, right? What does give thanks sound like? It's not a conspiracy, right? It's not like dog spelled backwards is God. It's not like that. But what does give thanks sound like? What does it sound like? You know, Say it say with your chest. Say it like you mean it. What does it sound like? Thanksgiving. So I've said before, right, Thanksgiving is not just like a random holiday, but matter of fact, the inspiration to get from Thanksgiving is from the Bible, is from the Bible, but we have to understand that the Bible didn't say every once in every like once a year, start to have Thanksgiving, but it's actually a daily thing. It's a daily thing to give thanks. When we think about uh, our you know holidays and, and just what it's about, and, and really it's, it's, a, it's a form of capitalism. It's a form of consumerism. Really? most of the holidays are here so that you can spend money. Think about this. What holiday is right after Thanksgiving? No. Well, this isn't technically a holiday, but it's a little celebration day. Black Friday. It's it's kind of like a holiday. It's, it's It's a day. It's a day, a special day. So think about this. There is a day where we have Thanksgiving, and that's called, we give thanks, and that's called Thanksgiving. Just a couple days later, right, or the day later, right, what is the holiday now? It's where you buy a bunch of stuff that you really want. It's almost like a backhand to the idea of Thanksgiving. Because while you're giving thanks, you're like, man, I'm really thankful for this stuff, but whoo, I wish, really wish I could have that PS5. Oh, man, but I really wish I could have that car. Or I really wish I could have that TV. Or I really wish I could have this. I can have that. So even though in our country we've had this idea of Thanksgiving, we also have this idea of like, Man, I really want more. I really want more. I'm not good. I'm not happy with this. I really, I really want that. How many of you know a lot of people that they're always thinking about what they don't have and what they do want? We, gotta, we have people in that life. You know, there's, there's people, and I, I call them scammers. There's those guys that they, they're broke, and they're poor, and they have no job, and they're lazy, so they don't work. Instead, they try to scam you, and they try to say, hey, if you give me $2,000, what I'll do is I'll give you double that. Right, I just got a message from a youth that I used to disciple or try to disciple uh, back like four years ago. Haven't messaged me in a while. What he messages me is like, hey, you ever wanted $2,000 right in your bank account? Well, if you give me this, that could happen. And I just put the laughing emoji because I'm just like, bro, you just come on. People constantly want more. There's no such thing as contentment We have consumerism, which is a lack of contentment, and it becomes what is on everybody's mind. Everybody's saying, what can I get? What can I get? Think about Christmas itself. It should be about giving, but everyone is always like, what are you going to get me? What are you going to get me? What did my parents, if my parents didn't get me anything, they don't love me, but they feed you, they clothe you, they do everything else for you. Why do they have to all of a sudden break their bank account and give something for you? It's... It's because of consumers, and we've been brainwashed to think that way. When we see TV, uh, anybody ever, like, see wedding rings? Did you know that that stuff wasn't even around until, like, the uh, mid-1950s, like the mid-1900s? It's because people wanted to make money off weddings, right? These jeweler companies. So what they did is they started to advertise advertise women getting married uh, and, and getting wedding rings. That way, you know people would buy it when they got married and it became so popular now it's like you can't marry someone if you don't got a wedding ring it's almost like disrespectful but that was all a setup that was all a plan because what's more important instead of like a, a twenty thousand dollar wedding or a thirty thousand dollar wedding or a twenty thousand dollar ring is actually a place to live some health insurance some life insurance but see consumerism has you thinking about the wrong things and I want to let you know that you don't have to be set up in that trap. Because the answer to all of this really is Thanksgiving. Everybody say Thanksgiving. Recently I had to do a, a, an assignment. And uh, it had to do with eight hours of prayer. So the assignment was for me to go into nature and pray for eight hours. I didn't do it though. I'm not going to lie. I had sent the professor. I'm like, hey, really wish I could do eight hours of prayer. And I, I, kudos to you. And anyone else who does this, I didn't say it like that, I was more respectful. But uh, I did get to spend time in prayer, and the theme of prayer, the theme of the, pra- uh, the time of prayer was supposed to be this, satisfaction from God. Satisfaction from God. Satisfaction and thanksgiving, contentment, they all go hand in hand. See, I had to think for, for like, I, I, I mean, I, I was supposed to read the Bible very rarely. It was just supposed to be me thinking about being satisfied in God. And it was actually a great time. It flew by. When you're in prayer and you're actually focused, it flies by. When you're in prayer thinking about where you're going to eat, it doesn't fly by. It actually takes even longer and you feel bored. When you're, when you're thinking about what you don't have in prayer, of course you're not going to want to pray. So it was just an awesome time, but I really understood a lot uh, I, that I myself was not living a satisfied life. You know, and it gets very tricky. Many times when we are not being thankful, we can easily get snuck up on by the enemy in ways that we wouldn't even think about. For example, I'm looking at most of you guys. Most of you guys have decent shoes, right? Good shoes. I would consider good shoes. See, my opinion, though, is very subjective because I grew up having really bad shoes most of my life. Even right now, Josie's probably looking at me like, you yeah, you still do most of the time. All right, nah, Josie's not bogus like that, right? But when I was young, I remember I got these shoes from my uncle, and I was kind of happy. Uh, he gave me these shoes. They were brown shoes, brown, like, sneaker-looking shoes from, like, Payless. And I remember one day, I just didn't have any more shoes, so I pulled out those brown shoes and went to high school with those brown shoes. And man, I tell you right now, the minute I got into class, I was roasted, I mean, the minute I, was, I sat down, it was over. Had the whole class period, everyone was just looking at my shoes going in. And I began to get heated and angry and mad. I'm like, how dare he give me these brown shoes? He knew this was going to happen to me. And I began to complain and grumble and get so frustrated. And, and really, I began to sin in my heart. I was like, man, I want better shoes. Now, the truth is, I didn't spend $100 in, on shoes until I was, uh, in gra- I graduated from high school, and I splurged. I spent $112 on some, a pair of Mellos. They're my first shoes. If you look back in my Facebook picture, you stalk me. You'll see those shoes in every picture almost, because that's all I used to wear. If I get a pair of shoes, I wear them so they no longer can be worn. And that's just, yeah, the red ones. You remember that with the metal, with the metal on it? Yep. I used to wear those every time. Now, In my mind, as a high school student getting roasted, I'm like, I actually need new shoes. Truth is, I didn't. Now, it would help if I had new shoes, right? And I did eventually get new shoes. Uh, Matter of fact, I just cleaned the ones I had uh, before the brown ones, and I never wore the brown ones again, except to go outside to throw out the trash. That was it. But here's the thing. In this message, what I really want you guys to to want to instill with you is this. I want you to learn to give thanks before every meal, not just Thanksgiving, not just when you're around church people, even when you're by yourself, have an attitude of Thanksgiving, but not just with meals. I want you to give thanks in everything you do because everything, because God is good and everything he's created is good. That's what I want you guys to understand with this message because this is what I truly think the idea of Thanksgiving uh, comes from. And you notice here, I just want to reiterate something I said last week, but what does it say? Does it say the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper? Because it's not the Last Supper. We're going to eat with Jesus again. See, that's why I want to say it's the Lord's Supper. And when we eat, this is what I want you to understand, when we eat in Thanksgiving... It is simply like we're eating in the presence of God. I want you to understand that Thanksgiving, actually, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, then be ready for Mark cha- uh, 14, 22, and then Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Again, I want to drill in this idea that the Gospels, they're co- they complement each other, right? Anybody know my wife, Karina? Yeah. All right, does anybody know me? Yeah. We're different, right? You guys, you guys know we're different. We're not the same person. Even though we can act like the same person at the house, though, you'll be surprised. Right, babe? We have, like, sometimes we laugh at the same things. Sometimes we'll say the same words. We'll finish each other's sentences. See that? See that? We, sometimes we do that, but we're very different. We complement each other. We show different angles of God's union in our marriage. That's kind of how it's supposed to be. See, some dudes, I'm a, some dudes, they want to marry themselves. So they want a girl that plays video games, that smells just like them, that eats just like them, right, that, that acts just like them, that speaks just like them, has the same humor. Basically, they're in love with themselves, and they want to marry a guy like themselves. So, hey, that's kind of suspect, man. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? When you, so what you want to do, right, is you want to marry someone that compliments you. You also want friends like this, not just relationships, but you want friends like this. You want friends that compliment you, not that friends that are the exact same way as you because your dumb ideas are now their dumb ideas, and now you both have the same dumb idea. You don't have anyone to check your dumb ideas. You need someone to do that, so you get friends that compliment each other. I'm very different than TJ. We compliment each other. I'm very different from Will, from Oscar, from Jorge. We compliment each other. We're not just saying the same thing over and over. Now... Here's the thing, similarities are important, right? What I'm telling right here is not that these gospels aren't similar. They are similar. That's why they're called synoptic gospels. But they have slight differences that complement one another and help and add to the story. So when we go over here, this is one thing that is not different at all. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 says this, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. Let's go to Luke chapter uh, f- uh, 22, verse 19, or Mark chapter 14, sorry, Mark chapter 14, verse 22. It says here, see if I can get it before him. He's ready there? Okay, Mark chapter 14, 22, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. So again, now Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse, uh, not verse 14, but verse 19. Are you there? Verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it. So that's 19. So you see, and every time he gives thanks and he breaks it. This is like, okay, well, that's the same meal. It's the same event. However, let's go to another Passover. This is a Passover because Jesus, he goes to five Passovers in his ministry. Most of his ministries, uh, in the, in the next, well, four, yeah, five, four, and then three of those are at Jerusalem. One is, he's not by Jerusalem, actually. He has his own Passover with 5,000 people. Luke, uh, Luke chapter, let's go to Luke chapter, I believe, 14 or, or, no, Luke chapter, yeah, Luke chapter 14. It's where he feeds the 5,000. No, that's not it. Luke chapter, whoever, try to find it, Oscar. But in the meantime, I want I to kind of like stress this because Thanksgiving is such an important thing. When we just read Psalm chapter 100, it talks about entering God's presence with Thanksgiving. What we usually do is when we pray, we complain to God or we just ask God to do things. We never really thank him. We never really thank him. We, if we don't thank God, we're not praying right. If all you have to do when you come into prayer is complain and ask and whine, yes, that's a part of prayer. That's the truth. I'm not saying it isn't. But you must give thanks. If you're not giving thanks in prayer, and I'm not talking about, oh, thank you, God, for the meal that I'm about to eat, man. Oh, gosh. I remember literally every... I'm just, every prayer last year, because I teach a Bible class, every prayer last year, the student would always say, thank you, God, for the meal that we're about to eat. But the meal, the the lunch was before them. They already had lunch. So literally, there's the same type of thanks always, like they didn't think when they give thanks. If you don't think when you give thanks, you're not being genuine, right? You're just being polite. God doesn't care about you being polite. He cares about you being genuine. See, we don't come into prayer being polite to God, like oh, uh, oh dear God. I, man, I hate when people say oh dear God. No offense to anyone that says dear God. That's my own personal thing because there's so much politeness, and it's almost like we're saying dear John. Like there's this one, uh, like like yeah, there's this one show or movie called Dear John, and it's almost as if we are writing a letter to God and not speaking to Him, and we expect Him to hear our prayer like in a couple weeks and get back to us, dear God. If you have time for today. For me in this moment, I beseech you, oh God of the creator of universe of the Lord. You know, and we just use all these words. Stop being polite in your prayer. Be honest. Be genuine. What are you truly thankful for? Think about it. Then say it. Don't just say, thank you, God, for my mom, and then you're just irritated with her, right? Be like, thank you, God, for my mom. What about your mom? Because right now you don't like your mom. So how are you going to give thanks about your mom? You have to think now. Well, thank you, God, because my mom, she fed me. Thank you, God, because my mom, she gave birth to me. Uh, and it was very hard and, and very annoying. But I thank you, God, for my mom putting up with me. Like, there's things like that. you got to be specific sometimes because when you thank God, it's not like you stop thinking. Just because you're thanking don't mean you stop thinking. You have to think in order to give thanks. And listen, when we think about giving thanks in the New Testament, it's it's literally said more than 40 times Give thanks is said more than 40 times. This is not just a thing you do flippantly, thing you do whatever. Like, th- this is something that you have to put intentionality with. Right here, when the apost- let's go down a little bit more. Okay, uh, right there. So, he's getting everyone to sit down in groups. In verse 16, he takes the five loaves and the two fish, and he looks up to heaven, and he gave thanks and broke them. So every Passover, Jesus, what he does is he gives thanks, right? And he breaks bread and gives it to someone else. So when we understand that Jesus is giving thanks and breaking and before he eats, I think we should see that as something we should do, right? And that that is what I want. This is what I'm gonna introduce into the message. We just go to 1 Timothy 4. First Timothy 4 is Paul now. Paul, he's not Jesus. But Paul is an apostle of Jesus, and he's writing this letter to Timothy, and they got a lot of problems in his church. First of all, they're forbidding people from getting married. Second of all, they're trying to mix kind of like beliefs and and myths and superstitions. How many of you got superstitious ants? Like not ants as in bugs, but like theas. Anybody got superstitious ants? Like ants, like people that, like, hey man, don't make sure you don't sweep your, your feet or you won't get married. Make sure you don't go under a ladder. Uh, make sure we don't make sure you don't say something because if you say something, it's going to happen. That's a superstition. That's a superstition. How many of you have people in your life like that, right? We all have superstitions in our lives. Sometimes we don't even realize it, but they were trying to mix Christianity with superstitions and with the law, and that's a bad mix. That's like mixing uh, water and oil. That's like mixing uh, sweet and sour. No, that's actually a good mixture. Never mind, but everything we should receive, everything we receive, we should receive with Thanksgiving. Everything, everything. That means even food. Back then, they were trying to Keep people from eating certain foods. They're like, "Hey, if you eat lechon, you're not healthy, or you're not holy. If you eat this, you're not holy. If you eat uh, a horse, you're not holy. If you eat what the they're eating, you're not holy." So Jesus clarified that whatever comes in you, whatever you eat, doesn't defile you, but it's what comes out of you that defiles you. So when we get to the word Thanksgiving here. When we go to this verse, uh, we'll go to verse 3. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated. That means made holy by the word of God and prayer. See, a lot of people want to talk about holy water. That stuff is a bunch of baloney, okay? I just want to let you guys know that if anyone of your family members says you need holy water, or you need some kind of holy oil i want to let you know we have anointing oil but the anointing oil is only it's only effective with the prayers of a righteous man that's what james is talking about there there's nothing holy other than what god makes holy and the only way that we what we eat what we drink what we do is made holy is if we give thanks to god if we receive it with thanksgiving why because thanksgiving the word here is eucharist everybody say eucharist the word Eucharist, you'll probably never hear in your life unless you go to Bible college, I'm just being honest. Or maybe if you, you know, obviously if I just say it a couple, couple more times. But Eucharist is the old ancient word for communion. So now you guys know what communion is, right? Now I just gave you like a $20 word, Eucharist. So if you want to be real fancy, be like, mother, father, when are we going to go to church and have the Eucharist? Oh, it's the first week of the month, let's have the Eucharist, Right. Now you guys can be real fancy with it, alright? I'm just letting you know. You wanna, you wanna, hey, you wanna get some brownie points? Like, I've been paying attention. Eucharist. There you go. The Eucharist is Thanksgiving. So when we talk about communion, that's actually Thanksgiving. You guys understand that? The word Eucharist is translated to communion. But the word Eucharist itself in the scripture is Thanksgiving. Because when we give thanks to God, we enter into communion. Communion is a lot like the word commune. Anybody ever heard of cults? They set up communes where they live together, right? But it's not just cults, right? Other people do it, right? There's usually communes like the NBA Last year for COVID, they pretty much had a commune in Disney World where they were all playing basketball at all times, living together. Their their families weren't there, but it was just them and maybe one family member. So they all had a commune. They were in community. So when we give thanks to God, we enter into communion with him. We receive him. Not only are we receiving his gifts, we are, in a sense, receiving him, what he is doing in our lives. You see, when you are entering, you are entering in the presence of God, what you have eat has been now made holy, what you drink has now been made holy. Everything people have been, has been, has given to you has been made holy by God's word and prayer. See, this is the understanding is that back then they thought, hey man, like you're eating stuff that pagans made. You shouldn't be eating that. You should be eating the, this stuff. You should be eating vegetables. You should be eating stuff like grass or something. Uh, and, and they said these are the only things that are holy because, you know, no one's touched them or stuff like that. They used up a bunch of excuses. Paul is saying, no, listen, they can't forbid you to eat things because it's been made holy by the Word of God in prayer when you receive it with thanksgiving. What I want to help you guys understand, that's the context. What I want to help you guys understand is that every meal should be received with thanksgiving. That means if you're in life group And they serve pizza or they serve sandwiches instead of complaining. What you should do is say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that these people are actually giving me food. When your parents come home and they already worked hard and then they make food, you're like, dang, I want this. Dude, that's not holy. There is no type of relationship with God in that. You have to be thankful. You should be saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this food that looks like prison food. I'll eat it in Jesus' name. I used to eat food all the time that looked like prison food. My friends, when they would come over, my dad would make food for both of us. Really, he was just making food for me. He would make that big old pot, and it was just tuna casserole. And you could hear it. And I'm like hearing it, I'm like, man, it's disgusting. And then all of a sudden, he'd be like. And then he'd give it to my friend and I, and then my friend would wait and be like, mm, mm, thank you, Mr. <clears throat> Joseph's dad. And then he'd leave, and he's like, bro, man, he'd scrape it all on my plate. Scrape it all on my plate. And I'd just be like, oh, oh. And I'm like forcing myself to eat it because I'm thankful, amen? I'm thankful. and I'm just That's to a certain extent. You, can, you don't have to eat the whole thing to be thankful. But then I would eat it, and I'd get, I, I did not finish it, and I'd put it on the kitchen table, and my dad would be like, what, you don't care? You don't, you're not thankful for my food? He didn't know because I didn't want him to feel bad that my friends didn't like the food. He don't have to be like me. That was me to the furthest extent. But you shouldn't you should receive every meal with thanksgiving. Everything you receive from God, you should receive with thanks. And we're going to get into it. It's not just food. We should receive everything from God. We should receive our brothers from God with thanks. We should receive receive our sisters with thanks. We should receive our mother and our father with thanks. We should receive our life. That's right. Our life, complaining, stress, anxiety, all these things that's not being done with thanksgiving, you're not receiving it with God. You're not receiving God's gift then. And that's what we have to understand. That's my question to you. Are you thankful every meal? Do you see God's giving in every gift and in every meal? Do you see God providing for you? Because what's the Lord's prayer? Provide for us our daily bread, right? uh, uh, Provide for us our daily bread. Do you see God forgiving you your daily bread and your meal? Or are you complaining? That's the question here. Because the Lord, when he says, give us now our daily bread, right? That means anything that you eat that the the Lord has provided. The Lord has worked through it. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So we have to understand that. And that's what you have to think about. Are you thankful every meal? Because that's kind of what I want to instill here with you guys is to be thankful every meal. And I'll get get into why that's very important maybe within the next couple weeks, but I'll touch on it today. But here's the next thing. Giving thanks is giving God glory in everything we do. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, please. Giving thanks is giving God glory in everything we do. Has anybody ever seen like the celebrities they come up and they're like, yeah, man, I want to just thank God. If you can find Snoop Dogg giving thanks, find that video. I want to show that every year because it's just, this is what they really want to say. Remember, you're not just being polite. We're not giving thanks to God just to be polite. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're being genuine, sincere with our Thanksgiving. Let's keep going, please. Keep going down. As you, as you find that, oh, you'll find that video in just a second. Let's see. I think I might have it too. First Corinthians. Stop right there. Go up a little bit more. All right, I got it right here. First Corinthians, ten, twenty-seven. All right, it says right here if an unbeliever invites you to dinner and you want to go out, eat whatever is served without asking questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, This is from a sacrifice, do not eat because of the one who told you and because of conscience. I do not mean the other person's, for why is freedom being judged by another conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, right? So everybody say thankfulness. So if he partakes with thankfulness, that means he does what he does. He does what other people are doing, but with thankfulness. He eats what they're eating with thankfulness. Why should he be blamed for the food that he gives thanks for? So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, everybody say, you do. Do everything for the glory of God. So whatever you do, do for the glory of God how is he eating for the glory of God he is giving what so how do you do everything for the glory of God you give so when you are going to school and you are complaining instead of giving thanks to God you're not giving him glory when you do them chores like your mom's like throw out that trash you're like throw out that trash Throw out that trash. Oh, I heard you. Goodness, right? And you go to throw out that trash and you like, and you're just angry. You're like, oh, we try to turn 18. I'm, like, dude, that's that, dude, that is not giving thanks to God. That is not giving them glory. I'll tell you, I've been there. I've been there. I when I had to do something I didn't want to do, and I'm just grumbling, I'm like, man, wait till I get out this house, man. I'm not throwing out any trash. Little you know, you're the only one throwing out trash once you move out. That's the truth. Ain't no one throwing out the trash. So this is the whole thing. When we say we're giving God glory, the only way we can give God glory is if we have a sincere and thankful heart. That means, listen, if you're joining a team, right, and on that team, you're a bench player. On that team, you ain't doing nothing but a bench. You got a bench position. You're warming up the bench. You got to give thanks in order to give God glory, If you're in school, and you're doing an assignment, and you don't understand the question, and you feel like the teacher wasn't doing good enough, you got to give God thanks. You cannot complain about that teacher, because here's the thing. Thankfulness is what sanctifies what you do. Thankfulness is what makes what you do holy. As Christians, we need to live holy, and a lot of people like to put legalism on this, like, man, you can't wear expensive shoes. That's unholy. You can't wear Crocs either because you have holes in them, right? People like to say that, right? I'm just making an example. Don't worry. Right, you can wear Crocs. It's like, no, I've received this with thanks. It's holy. Now, of course, if you're doing sinful things, like you can't smoke a blunt and be like, mm, thank you, Lord, Whew. all day, right? No, you can't do that. Even though I've met people that have done that, and that's their argument. I rebuke them, right? You can't get drunk and be like, man, I'm so thankful for last night. I don't remember what happened right? No, that's not how it is. You can't thank God for a relationship that you're in sin with that is not from God. So you can't make holy by giving thanks things that are doomed, condemned by God. But when it comes to things that God has created, like marriage, there is no marriage that is not holy because God has made marriage holy. There is no food given to you, whether it be from an unbeliever or a believer, someone who, someone who, uh, you know, is like, you know, let's say Hindu, and he has like a a sacrifice to their gods, and he gives you the rest of the food. Listen, that's, that's holy because you've received it with thanksgiving. You've sanctified it by prayer and thanksgiving, only by, because of Jesus. So here's the thing. Are you giving God glory in your life? That means as a teenager, as a student, are you giving God glory? Are you living a life to give glory to God? Because that is the point of our lives, is to give God glory. And to give him glory is to point to him. To give him glory is to to, to really point to his direction. Man, thank you, God, for my family, right? Thank you, God, for this school. You start saying stuff like that around people that complain, they're going to start to think, who is God and why? Are they thankful for them? All right, man, I thought we had the same God, but I'm not thankful. You see, when we give thanks to God, We give him glory. So giving thanks is giving glory to God in everything we do. That means everything. Everybody say everything. There's a movie called Everything, Everything, right? You got to give God glory in everything, everything, all right? Not some things. Not a little bit of things. Everything. Give God glory in everything. If we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and if I can have my altar workers come up, please. How many of you are thankful? How many of you are thankful to be in here? I'm thankful for you guys to be in here. I'm thankful for all you guys that made your way over here. Listen, I'm gonna talk on about. It. I'm gonna talk about it next week and the week after that. Hopefully next week, God willing. But you cannot have a relationship with God if you're not thankful. You can't. You can't have a genuine, sincere relationship with God unless you are thankful. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says this, um, do nothing out of selfish. Let's read up a little bit more, actually. Read up a little bit more. so we get some context? I love context. I don't like contacts. I love context. Amen? Amen, Josie? You don't wear context, right? But you wear context, right? Come on. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing, everybody say nothing, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each interest to the interest of others, so it's telling us to not do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Now we're not doing things for ourselves. Let's go to another passage real quick. Go to Colossians, I believe, chapter three. Colossians chapter three. When we do it, when we do things out of selfish. Ambition. We're doing things for ourselves. When we do things out of vain conceit, we're doing things simply because we want to be seen. We want to uh, get that kind of dopamine, that 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 like that 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 notice. We want people to notice us when we do things. Keep scrolling down. There should be uh, a passage that says, "Do everything without grumbling or complaining." I want you guys to see this. We'll go to verse 17 real quick. From verse 12, you can go to verse 17, stay right there. Verse 12, it says this, therefore, as... The elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If someone happens to have a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also forgive others. If you're complaining against someone, you should forgive them. Why? Nothing because of them. Not because they apologize, not because they they seem nicer, not because they've changed, but because the Lord has forgiven you. All of these virtues add love, which is the perfect bond. Let the peace of Christ be in control of your heart, for you are in fact called as one body to the peace, and be thankful. Everybody say, thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in teaching and extorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with grace in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Everybody say, giving thanks Thanks. to the Father through him. Right? Simple answer. How do we give God glory? We don't complain. The scripture also says, uh, and, I, and I, I can't find it for some reason, um, but we are not supposed to complain or grumble. We're, we're supposed to do everything, do, do nothing with grumbling and complaining, right? But with everything, with thanksgiving, do everything with thanksgiving. That's how we give glory to God. So if everyone can stand up, please. When we grumble and we complain, we're doing the exact opposite of giving thanks. We're actually act—we're actively telling God, I am not thankful. When you complain and you grumble, you're actively telling God, intentionally and actively telling him, I'm not thankful. Giving thanks and complaining cannot be done at the same time. So when you're saying, I'm thankful, but, I'm thankful, but, my wife says something very clever. I know she didn't make it up, but she gets me every time. Every time you say, but, you erase everything you just said before. Every time you complain, you erase everything you were once thankful for. You, you said you're thankful for your dad, but you just complained about him. You said you're thankful for your brother, your sister, but you're just complaining about him. So you can't complain and give thanks at the same time. You are, you are, you're, you're telling Jesus, basically, that you're just trying to be polite. You're just trying to be polite. And again, our prayers shouldn't be polite. Polite prayers really aren't powerful. Thankful, sincere hearts. See, that's what Christ is looking for. So, everyone, if you can bow your heads and close your eyes, listen, are you thankful in this place? Are you thankful? Have you been giving God thanks? Have you been giving God thanks? Listen, if you don't know what to be thankful for, I'll give you one reason right now the gospel. Jesus Christ, we did communion last week, we're going to do communion next week. But Jesus, He didn't have to die for our sins. He didn't have to forgive us of our sins. We did nothing to earn his forgiveness. Matter of fact, we did everything to earn his wrath. But Jesus in his mercy has chosen to forgive us. Not because he had to. Not because there was someone pulling his arm, forcing him to. Jesus, out of his own desire to see us saved, forgave us. Forgave us of every sin we've ever committed. Every lie, every bit of cheating, every bit of stealing. Every bit of hatred, every bit of jealousy and discord, every bit of complaining and grumbling, Jesus has forgiven it all. And he did it not because of, he didn't do it uh, just willy-nilly. Jesus showed us right now that forgiveness is not something that can be just given like nothing. It has to be paid for. See, Jesus bought our forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't free. It comes with a cost. Thank the Lord that he paid that cost. You have to pay for your sins. You've done a lot of wrongs. Good thing Jesus, he takes that payment. If you don't know what to be thankful for, be thankful for that. I know when I'm thankful when people pay for me at at the restaurant. I'm so thankful for that. Imagine someone paying for your salvation, someone paying for your soul, someone paying for your life, paying to change you. That's Jesus in his blood. So if you're not thankful in this this place, I just gave you a reason to be thankful. Check your heart. Do you have bitterness in your heart? You don't want to forgive someone. You want to keep on complaining about them. You don't want to be thankful for them. You want to hate them. You can't fellowship with God. You have no relationship with God. I want to let you know you have no relationship with God right now. If you cannot be thankful, we have to be thankful. You say you've been complaining in this place. The altar workers are here to pray for you, walk you through it. But let's say you've been complaining and grumbling. You don't need to do that anymore. You need to give thanks. I'm gonna take some moments. You guys should all be closing your your eyes. You guys should be thinking. I know most of you right now in this place looking at you, there are moments, big moments, where you're constantly complaining, nothing's good enough for you. You're not content, you're not satisfied. Always feeling like you have the worst luck or whatever you have the worst hand You need to start being thankful you need to check your heart right now You have more than you'll ever know God has blessed you with more than you'll ever know, but you need to start knowing it Give him a moments. I say a prayer dismissal. If you still need prayer, you can come up. But I really hope that this word has taught you something, right? For some of you, you probably thought about, man, yeah, I give God glory, but you never even knew what that was. It's just a Christian phrase. You know, you heard one of your Christian Christian rappers say this, or you heard people say it all the time. Listen, if you're not thankful, you haven't given God any type of glory. It doesn't matter how many times you read. It doesn't matter how many times you pray. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. If you're not thankful, you have given God no type of glory. You've just shown yourself to be ungrateful, and it's time to repent. Father, forgive us for any times where we've been ungrateful, where we've complained, we've grumbled, Lord. Forgive us for times where we've lacked contentment and lacked satisfaction. God, help us to be thankful, showing ourselves as children of God, knowing who our Father is. God, I pray for every youth in here, Lord, that they would live their lives thankful. Not just every meal, God, but everything that they do, God, they would give you thanks. God, I pray that their lives would be uh, a, a staple of glory, God. That their lives would show your glory in all that they do. And Father, I pray that as they go out through their week, that you would convict them, that you would provide for them, and that when you do provide for them, God, I pray they will recognize and acknowledge your provision. Lord, bless them. Be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. You guys are awesome. You guys are dismissed. Go eat.